0: This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now. Have you ever heard of the term, she kissed a lot of frogs to get to her prince? I'm sure you have. Well, that was me. At 43 years old, I've had my fair share of failed relationships, situationships, meaningless connections. So... About two years ago, I decided I was just gonna embrace the single life and continue building my brand and creating a legacy. I never saw myself being married and definitely, definitely not to an inmate. But life is tricky, huh? Welcome to episode six of season two. Oh, as I take a deep breath, I have had a crazy day yesterday. I had a crazy day yesterday. Um, not to get too deep into it, but, um, I allowed myself to get so angry at a situation, um, yesterday that my anger affected my health. It scared the hell out of me. Um, I had an altercation with a, um, guy, actually two, and, um, at a restaurant. Um, and it just sent me, it sent me, I got just so angry, like literally, um, I had a a horrible experience due to that situation. And, of course, yesterday after that, I just could not pipe down. I was still so upset. Um, My body basically had swollen up almost because my blood pressure had got so high. Um, The after effects of everything that happened, um, I just... The anger, I couldn't... For whatever reason... um, I couldn't control my anger. I, I had just gotten so upset. And it was probably a lot of different things that had been taking place and had been going on. Um, that just, that incident was distraught that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And it just sent me. It sent me, but it was extremely, extremely scary. And I promised myself as well as, you know, my family and my friends that I would definitely try to practice in calming down a lot more, which is crazy because I meditate, I burn candles, I do incense, I do everything to control my chi, to find a balance, to be in a better place. But again, like I said, the last couple of days, um, really the past couple of months, past two months, uh, on top of a couple of weeks, and this week has been um, just a bit much for me. So I like i said i the, the anger took over um some things began to happen and the after effects of it were a bit scary as well so i woke up this morning you know i burned i never burned all my chakra incense together but i literally burned all my chakra incense together um and just tried to sit in silence for a minute to try to calm myself down so i could have a better day today um and unfortunately, you know, there's all there's always left over mess after destruction. So of course, you know, I wake up today, I'm still kind of in my feelings about certain things. Um and so I'm just trying to get all that stuff controlled and 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 have a better productive day. Um, I try not to let things get me to that point. But also, I'm a person that I just keep going. And sometimes I don't deal with emotions. I don't deal with how I feel. I'm just a goer. I'm a person that will just focus on goals, focus on things I need to do, focus on work, focus on money, focus on everything else to try to put those things to the side. And uh, avoiding it does not help. So with all that being said, guys, please, whatever you do, do not let anything or anyone control you to the point where they just disrupt your character um, and it becomes a health situation. My anger definitely showed me yesterday um, how it can affect my health. And again, my advice to all of you is just side try to do anything and everything to not get to that point because I will be honest, it scared the shit out of me, but Thank you guys for checking in. Thank you guys for joining me today. Um, you know, I'm I'm I told you I never record unless I have my um My energy at a certain level. So I'm halfway there. I'm not 100% at the normal energy level that I normally like to record on. But as I tell you all the time, this is unscripted. This is uncut. This is raw. This is me being my genuine authentic self. So you have to work with me a little bit today because I am still kind of spiraling right now. But with that being said, today I want to talk about the five love languages and how do you incorporate or interpret those love languages with your spouse being incarcerated. So that is my topic of the day. Now, of course, you guys know there are five different kinds of um, love languages. We have words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Now, These are so easy to do, of course, when you are with your spouse on a regular basis um but it becomes difficult when you have a spouse that's incarcerated so i want to kind of go through the five languages um like i said you have words of affirmation and how you communicate that is you encourage affirm appreciate listen actively the action to take is send unexpected notes texts or cards things to actually avoid is not recognizing or appreciating the effort physical touch How to communicate through physical touch. Nonverbal use of body language and touch to show love. Actions to take, hug, kisses, cuddling. Things to avoid physical neglect or abuse. Receiving gifts. How to communicate thoughtfulness. Make sure your spouse is a priority. Actions to take. Give thoughtful gifts and gestures to express gratitude when receiving gifts. Things to avoid. Um unenthusiastic gift receiving, forgetting special occasions. Oh my God. If you know me, you know I am big on my birthday. If you forget my birthday, it's done. Quality time, how to communicate. Um, uninterrupted and focused communications, one-on-one time is very important actions to take create a special moment, take walks, do small things with your partner, things to avoid, distractions when spending time together, long time without one another on -on one-on-one times, acts of service, how to communicate, let them know you are wanting to help them, you're listening, and you're trying to figure out how to help lighten the load. Actions to take, make them breakfast or dinner, go out your way to help with chores, things to avoid, locking down on things um, through small and large tasks. So how do you communicate these things with an incarcerated spouse? Now, let me tell you, my acts of service are actually gifts I am not a very affectionate person. I am trying to work on the physical. I've never been a lovey-dovey, kissy-kissy-holdy hand type of person. Um, And that's strictly because I'm an Aquarius. I really do not like human beings that much. (laughs) So for you to get next to me, for me to actually like pour out all this love onto you and continuously tell you how much I love you, um, and even the cuddling and all that kind of stuff, you have definitely got my heart because I am not a physical person. And that's an act of um, a love language that I'm trying to actually work on. But mine is gifts. And also, um, I'm, I'm really big on words of affirmation and definitely um, acts of service. Quality time is something also that I've tried to work on um, throughout recent um, relationships and things like that. I tried to start learning how to incorporate the quality time a lot of it had to do with me working in the club for so many years. Work was always my number one priority. I was always at work and, of course, working in the club. Majority of the time, you're at work at night. So the nighttime I would be working, which definitely hurt a lot of the relationships or friendships um, with the opposite sex that I had, you know, because I was at work getting money. And the times when, you know, they want to go out on days so or just do different things, I was unavailable. So I had to learn that quality time is definitely, definitely very, very important um, within your relationship as a part of the love language. But as for now, I am 100% gifts and acts of service and words of affirmation and definitely in that order. So today I want to talk to you how do you talk to you about how do you use these actions for your incarcerated spouse? So words of affirmation, um, sending cards, random emails, um, making sure that you recognize their their sacrifices in a positive way. you know, you want to always talk to them about the choices that they made, but in a positive way. you know, have, make them understand that you know no matter what, Everybody makes mistakes. Um, Where they are does not define who they are. Eventually, um, there will be times where you have to help navigate through a lot of those emotions and feelings. And the positive affirmations um, is what is definitely needed when you have a spouse that's incarcerated. Um, For me, I, you know, I've been in a a previous relationship with someone incarcerated. And, of course, you know, my, my husband... We, you know, my biggest thing used to be, um, before he was sentenced and sent to the actual federal, um, prison where he is now, um, at the holding facility, I used to send books, like we actually read books together, um, cards, um, letters, different things like that, um, to try to keep positivity, you know, try to keep positivity, um, I'm thinking about you, books that talked about things like that. So, those are the things that we can do for our spouses that are incarcerated for the act of words of affirmation for your love language is to just send cards, send love letters, uh, send love emails for the quality time. You know, hands down, that's one of our biggest issues um, with spouses that are incarcerated. There's no real quality time. So you have to switch it up a bit. Phone calls and visits. That's what is left. Phone calls and visits. It can be very costly for um, visits depending on where your spouse is located, um, the drive, plane rides, and different things like that. So it won't always be a situation where you can be with them every single day or, you know, every single weekend. But Once a month, if you can, um, that would be amazing because you do need to actually have that physical interaction, um, sitting across from them, being able to hold hands and just different things like that. I mean, I know with the COVID situation, a lot of these jails are doing, you know, behind the glass, but even with that, it's still the point of actually physically seeing, your spouse on on both ends that really does help. Um of course phone calls, you know, I don't know how everybody's situation is set up, but in the feds you get 15 minutes, you know, and after those 15 minutes, of course they have to wait 30 minutes. And again, they only have a certain amount of minutes. So every little bit of time is definitely um valued. So quality time would definitely have to be phone calls and visits. Receiving gifts. Now, from my experience, my way of of sending out gifts was, like, for my husband's birthday, I, like, bought probably everything imaginable in commissary um, because that was the only thing I could do. Of course, writing letters, sending cards, and different things like that um, is a part of gifts as well because they're incarcerated. So, of course, sending money for things that is wanted and not needed, you know, Hey, you know, they might want music. They might want headphones. They might want shoes or just different things like that, you know, outside of the normal necessities and what's needed. Another way of gifting would definitely be to send money for like some extra things that they might have been talking about that they want or some things that you feel like, you know, Hey, I would like for him or her to have this. Um, extra commissary. Like I said, um, when my husband was in the holding facility, like I could actually go online and order commissaries. But of course, the feds are kind of different. And again, depending on the setup of your spouse, but at one point, I was able to actually order commissary uh, for him. And that was my way of giving gifts. Also, another thing that you can actually do, which is Super dope. Um, It also gives the anticipation of them coming home. It's just start buying things for them on the outside. You know, whether it's something for the house, you know, a pool table, a game, um, different things that they might like that you know, when they're coming home, these are the things that, that they want. Outside of clothes and shoes and different things like that, cologne and all these things like if you start buying things for the outside. It just builds up the anticipation of them coming home. It means that you are definitely looking forward to them to them coming home. And it just makes them feel like so much better. So I definitely would encourage um buying things for them on the outside. Um, and again, like I said, these are just tools and 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 tips of things that that I um wanted to put out there uh for you guys to possibly do now acts of service so with acts of service this is big this is probably the biggest thing that you can do for your incarcerated spouse is listening they are they go through times where they have to vent Um, They're feeling insecure, they're feeling self-conscious, certain issues that they may have while they're there. You know, you have people that are telling them what to do, grown people who are used to doing what they want to do, how they want to do, when they want to do, having to transform and be told what to do, when, where, how, how to sleep, when to eat. Um, There are going to be moments where they want to talk, where they're so frustrated and they're so angry. And this is when your acts of service kick in because you're able to listen to them um also be very proactive in the things that they need what they need like for me um in my previous episodes as i've told you before you know with my husband fighting his case and going back and forth you know there was a need for me to help him do certain things so you know be proactive in helping not to the point where it just completely pushes your needs and your wants out the way something that i had struggled with um and had to learn how to balance, but try to be very proactive in their needs. Um, helping them sort out their thoughts. You're definitely going to have moments where they're all over the place, and you're going to have to help them sort out their thoughts. Um, and do something for the family that they normally do. You know, as a service, is helping with chores, you know, different things that they normally do. Well, when they're away, you know, you don't know, maybe, they will go to their mom's house and wash dishes, wash clothes or just different things like that. Try to pick up something that they did for someone in their family um, to show that you are supporting them, to show that you're helping them help their family or their loved ones. um, And something that they cannot do anymore. And honestly, that is so big for them and so big For their loved ones and the people in their family, it also builds a connection and a bond as well. So those are the things that I have for you guys about the five love languages and, you know, what you can do to interpret it in a different way with your spouse being incarcerated. Like I said, for me, mine is definitely gifts, um, words of affirmation and acts of service That's how I am pretty much all the way around, no matter what relationship that I'm in, you know, um, inside the prison system, outside the prison system, I've always been a big gift giver. I've always felt like, you know, words mean nothing, actions mean everything. So I've always been the type to, to show you more than to tell you, because I, I mean, your mouth can be fixed to say about anything. Um, the one thing I always wanted to do was to make sure that the people that I cared about and I love actually felt it and knew it because of the things that I showed them versus the things that I just come out and I say. So that has always been very big for me and very important for me to actually show you um, the love that I have. And it's not just about material things or anything like that, but it's just my love language um of course words of affirmation i'm very big on speaking positivity into you i'm very big on making sure that you're okay i'm very big on asking you the simplest things like how was your day today or you know are you okay today what did you do today just different things that you know, people forget about, you know, everybody's so focused on them and what they have going on. It feels really good when someone is really in tune with what you're doing and what you got going on and really want to know about it. So words of affirmation is very big, especially for someone incarcerated, but not even for incarcerated people just people in general. This world is crazy. So we definitely need people to speak love and positivity into us. And I am so big on that. If I care about you and if I love you, trust me when I tell you, you will know. You will not have a second guess about it. You will never have to guess my love um, based on my love language and I indulge. I'm overly with it. Like, I'm so overly with it. Sometimes I have to be stopped. <laughs> um And of course, acts of service. Like, that's me all the way around. I'm naturally a humanitarian. I love doing things for people. Um I love being a person that can help you in any kind of way possible. I'm a fixer, been a fixer my whole life. It's a gift and a curse. But Um, I try to be there for people as much as I can, especially during difficult times or things like that. So those are my three love languages. And of course, out of the five, those are my strongest points. I am working on the physical touch and of course, the quality time. And I'm getting better at the quality time. I really, really am. Um, Even with people that I, even with my family members and my friends, like uh, I'm getting better with, with spending time and doing things like that because I'm trying to learn how to live and put, you know, life and fun first before chasing the bag. I mean, that's all I know what to do is chase the bag, get the money. Um, and it has been, you know, a good thing and a bad thing when it's come to my relationships and my friendships. And I'm I'm learning. So those two are not my strong points but I'm learning as far as physical touch as I said before I've never been a lovey-dovey type of person but when I love you and you have my heart um I open up in a different type of way so that is something else that I'm working on and I'm excited about it like I like to cuddle, you know, um, emotions can get a bit uncomfortable for me. Um, I'm very guarded when it comes to that because I don't like to let people in. I don't like to be disappointed. I don't like to be hurt. And so when I do, I just completely go back into my shell. And one thing I will always say that I always tell you guys is about accepting responsibility and taking responsibility. So I'm very big on when I go back into that shell, I have to take responsibility For letting my crazy ass out, (laughs) and I'll go back in my shell. But again, guys, love languages five love languages. What are yours? How do you implement your love languages? And for your spouse's incarcerated. How do you interpret those love languages? I hope you guys take into consideration everything that I said, all the tips that I gave um, for my personal experience and just my thoughts and my opinions alone. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today on this beautiful Sunday morning. Also, I wanted to throw something out there. So I was watching Law & Order. I love Law & Order. Um, and the last episode, they use CTE as a defense of a woman, um, a battered woman who killed her husband. She had been battered so many times that she actually suffered from CTE. If you guys can remember, I talk about CTE quite often. I talk about a lot of mental things um, that go on in your mind that have caused people to be incarcerated, or reasons for their incarceration, their impulses, fight or flight, um, actus rest, men rest, defense, um, insanity defense, all these different type of things that go on with the mind. You know, I love the mind so I thought it was really cool when I watched this episode and I actually saw a lawyer use the CTE defense from a battered woman who murdered <clears throat> excuse me who murdered her husband and as I said I feel like this is something that is a hidden gem For a lot of people that are incarcerated, who have been playing sports all their lives, who have been fighting all their lives, who have um, encountered a lot of domestic um, abuse, the brain being shaken and rattled around definitely affects how you move, the things you do, your impulses, your anger, your fight or flight. Um, So to see that in my face on TV, I felt really good about that because I felt like, wow, like, The universe just talked right back to me. So that's my topic of the day. Those are the two things that I wanted to touch on, the love languages, and also bring up the fact that CTE was actually used on an episode of Law & Order, the most recent episode of Law & Order, if you guys want to tune into it and watch it. Um... And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode six of season two. You know, I really, really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. I know I don't have to always say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. So thank you for tuning in and we're going to keep this episode going. Having a spouse incarcerated isn't easy. You go through a lot emotionally, mentally, and it can become a financial burden as well. Fed Up Wives is my nonprofit organization that's set to help wives of incarcerated inmates. To contact Fed Up Wives, you can email fedupwives.org at gmail.com or you can call 770-927-8011. Now back to the show. I'm gonna take it back. I'ma go back. I'ma go back. Now, towards the end of season one, I talked to you about Mars. If you guys are just now tuning in to Wetlock Chronicles podcast, Mars is the name of myself and my husband's son. We don't have a son, we don't have any kids together, but um as I told you before, I do want a child. Um as of last week I changed my mind, but um Mars. Mars is the name of our quote unquote son. And I talked about how we tried to actually make a situation happen um, while he was incarcerated. No, we did not have sex or anything like that. We did some crazy shit. <laughs> So, I convinced my husband after doing all this research that, you know, all I needed was some sperm. I just need sperm. You know, if if I get sperm, I know what to do with it. I know how to contain it. I know what to put it in the container. I did all this research about what to do with the sperm, how to take care of it, how to put it in a container, and how many hours I needed before I got the sperm from to home to my doctor and insemination and everything I mean I did my research so if you guys are new to this your girl did her research she was trying to have a baby um and (laughs) she she convinced her husband um, on what to do and he was down with it. He was absolutely down with it. Whatever it is that he felt like he needed to do to get it to me, he was willing to do it. So, on the end of season one, I talked about how, you know, we tried to make this situation happen and I ended it there. I said I would talk about it in season two. So, here we go. I confess my husband <laughs> That once I came and got his property, within his property, I'm coming, you know, I need this sperm. So, my husband found a way to get the sperm, put it in a container, and put it with his property. And I will not disclose where he was at the time or anything like that, you know, just for, um, let's just say legal purposes. I mean, hell, it is what it is. People have had sex in visitation and got pregnant and had kids. But just for the sake of we don't really know what will happen, I'm not going to say too much of where, when, and all of this. But anyway, this was months and months and months and months and months and months months ago, like nine, ten months ago or whatever. I went to go get his property. Within his property was Mars, and um, this was like the second or third time I went and got his property. And every time I've gone, you know, I just signed paperwork, got his property, and left. Well, this time the guard who bought the bought his property decided that he wanted to actually go through the go through the bag and physically pull out everything and tell me what it was. <laughs> what it was and put it back in the bag. Now, at the same time that all this is going on, my husband is in my ear on the phone. I have my AirPod in and he's in my ear and he's like, you know, what's going on? I'm like, uh, dude is going through the bag and calling out everything that's in his bag. Oh my God, guys. I was literally having a heart attack standing in place because I'm sitting here like, if this man finds this container... (laughs) Are they going to contain my ass? (laughs) What is is, it like? Is this illegal? I'm sitting here thinking of all the craziest shit and trying not to crack under pressure all at the same time. My husband is in my ear telling me, baby, you need to distract him. You need to say, you got to go to the bathroom. You got to make him hurry up. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I'm dying on the inside because I'm sitting here like, oh my freaking God, like this man is going to find this shit. Like what the hell so he's pulling out stuff okay notepad um, books uh, this is this this is that and so then he comes up on the container (laughs) so he looks at it he puts it up in the air to you know the light and he's like uh you know I don't know actually what this is and my brain just went into (laughs) survival mode and I'm like oh, I'm like, yeah, baby, did you bring me that that hair grease container? Is, is that what that container is? And <laughs> so my husband is in my ear like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And I am really trying to survive. I am trying to not have a heart attack. So I just came up with some shit. So the guard is like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you want it? It doesn't seem like there's a lot left. <laughs> and I'm like, like yeah I want it whatever he sent me I want you know what I'm saying and I'm still standing there trying to hold oh my god trying to maintain this composure so after he puts that to the side and he finishes going through things he looks at it again and he's like well I mean I can tell you you know what it is or whatever like if you don't want it you know I can throw it away and I'm like no 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 I want it whatever he gave me you know I want guys the unthinkable happened oh my god He opened the container and he smelled it. Yes, he did. He smelled it. And that is when I died (laughs) on the inside because I am sitting here looking at his man smell my husband's sperm. And look at me and say, oh yeah, this is definitely hair grease. (laughs) mentally put in his mind that it was hair grease to the point where he smelled it. It was hair grease. Oh my god, I felt like a genius but at the same time, I felt like I am going to be in this fucking jail with him at the same time. But the fact that this man opened up this container and smelled it Guys. <laughs> I don't know what the hell, but I couldn't wait to get the fuck up out of <laughs> that jail. He closed it back, gave it back to me, gave me the bag. I felt like I was walking the, 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 um, the green mile the the green mile the the that was the longest fucking walk i ever did trying to hurry up and get out those double doors and when i got in the car i just bust out laughing and my husband was like what happened what happened he's like what happened to my son And I'm laughing so hard. I'm like, you will not fucking believe what just happened. He opened it up and he smelled it. Oh my God, we laughed so hard. But at the same time, he's like, oh, he just ruined it. He just ruined it. He just ruined it. Baby, you can't use that Mars. I ain't gonna have no legs. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I put a container in the styrofoam thing that I had in my trunk, which I called it the baby seat at the time. <laughs> and I took my ass and got on the road and I went home. But I laughed the entire time. And when I got home, I had to tell somebody. I just was like, oh my God. So I called my friend Anderson. And when I tell you, we laughed for like an hour straight behind this. This was like the craziest shit I had ever done, ever been a part of. But I'm going to tell you this. My husband was down. It didn't even matter. Whatever it was that however he had to make it he was with it but it was a failed try Um, due to the fact that the man opened it and it got exposed to air I could not do nothing with it and when I got home and we talked about it again my husband was like yeah baby you, you definitely don't need to use that like my baby goes to come out without no legs so I just threw it away <laughs> but Oh my God, that is how we tried to have a child. (laughs) Simply because, you know, I'm 44 years old, you know, I'm sitting here like, you know, he got six years, so I didn't want to wait six years (laughs) to have a child, you know, I didn't want to be close to 50 years old to try to have a child, you know, I mean... It, it, you know, your health and just if you're not the same as a woman, you don't have the same egg count, all kind of stuff was going through my head. And for whatever reason, you know, I got into this mold where, you know, I wanted to have a child. You know, I have the half of my life has been more so me wanting experiences and wanting to just live life first before I took on a responsibility. You know, no disrespect to anybody out there who had children or, um, you know, a child at an early age. It just wasn't my thing. And honestly, marriage and kids was not on my radar either. That's not anything that I set out to do, have, one or anything. I just wanted to be single with some money. I could just travel the world, do whatever I wanted to do, live my life, have experiences. Um, and that just really came from, which is, which is definitely something that I saw, you know, I grew up in a household with both my parents, me and my brother, um, you know, and, and, and a loving marriage, you know, everyone in my family basically are all married, been together long, for a very long time, you know, there's not too many baby mama, baby daddies within my family, so I did grow up in a family structure, but I also had an aunt, my aunt Nana, who I talk about all the time who was like just the epitome of black excellence, like everything that a strong black woman is. Her career, you know, um, just her life in general was something that I actually wanted. Like, I wanted... Her life. I didn't want my mom's life. I wanted her life. I wanted to be that strong woman, that that um, influential woman, that woman that had degrees and 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 traveled the world and saw everything that she wanted to see, do everything that she wanted to do. Very goal driven. Um, you know, could walk into any store and buy whatever she wanted when she wanted it. Like it, it it was the life that I wanted. My aunt is the reason why I am a school grant to this day, and the reason why I also take very, very much, very, very, very much, I'm very prideful on the fact that I am able to maintain and take care of myself. It feels so good. There's nothing that I can't walk into a store and buy. And if I can't trust and believe, I'm going to make a way and I'm going to get it. Not in a crazy way, illegal way or anything like that, but I've always been very, very um, big on doing things and accomplishing things on my own. Um, It has always made me feel very good about myself. It's also made, it's also have made me feel very powerful um, to be able to say that I did this on my own. Nobody had to do it for me. Um, I have an issue with people being able to hold things over my head, take things from me. So a lot of things play into why I am the way I am. But I watched my aunt, this very strong black woman, this very strong, successful black woman live a wonderful life um, where she could do whatever she wanted to do and was loved by so many. Although she didn't have kids, everybody was her child. Me and my brother and my cousins, especially, you know, she gave us the best of everything, the best life. I mean, I just, (laughs) that's who I wanted to be. So once I got to the point where I was like, dang, you know, I kind of do want the family. I kind of do want this. Um, I talked to my husband about it and, you know, we started thinking of, (sighs) ways and creative ways to make those things happen and unfortunately it didn't happen that way but um I have not given up hope on that you know I'm still I still want a child I I really do and um (laughs) there are some things that are going on in my life right now where you know it it, is it's definitely gonna be possible so that is the story of the day and (laughs) please please, please do not do what I did. <laughs> Don't do not do what I did. I am not pushing the agenda of smuggling out sperm. I am not. Do not do what I did. Um, I told you guys once before I was trying to figure out a way to do court orders, um, trying to subpoena my husband's DNA, all kind of stuff. I was just doing so much research at that point, guys, trying to figure out how I can have this, this son. So, Listen, guys, don't do it. I do not push or encourage for you to do any of what I did. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> but it would have been fucking dope if it would have happened. I could have could have told my son, boy, you know you meant to be here. <laughs> you don't even know what we went through to get you here. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me today on episode six of season two and that concludes my story of the day part two of Mars Today for the meme of the day, I am going to do a verse from The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. I'm dedicating this verse to all the kids that lost their lives in this horrific and horrible recent school shooting. I believe the children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. And that is my verse of the day. Again, this comes from The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. Excuse me. Um, This mass shooting, this recent mass shooting of these kids, really, really broke my heart. Um, I had nightmares for a couple of days straight. Um on the phone, you know, telling him how hard this was for me, telling him I didn't want any kids anymore. Um hearing his frustration and hurt behind me being hurt um due to this, you know, um of course also hearing, you know, the positive of you know us having kids and just different things like that. Um, it was just difficult. It was just really, really difficult. And, you know, we just had had this situation with the Buffalo shooting. And then we come to these children, and it completely disturbed me. And I just want to say to you guys out there, please love on who you love. Love on your kids. Love on your grandparents. Love on your parents, your aunts, your uncles, or whoever. Please love on them. This world is completely Crazy. It is crazy, and our children are our future. They are killing our future. These gun laws, these different things, it is so important to get out there and vote. I don't want to hold you, you know, because this is my meme of the day, my quote of the day, the verse of the day. I will jump into more of my thoughts and, you know, some serious facts later on during the episode, but I definitely wanted to dedicate that verse to those 19 children that lost their lives. And I also want to just take this time to give a moment of silence and dedication to them as well as the teachers that lost their lives as well and all of the families that have been affected due to this heinous act. Thank you, guys. Episode 6 season two babe what's up baby i love you baby too. okay guys so now it's time for the updates on my husband so he finally filed his motion and he was definitely proud of the work that he put in and i am definitely proud of him i am proud of anybody that takes control of over their future and their life and try to figure out how to do it on your own. As I said before, all you have to do is have a little bit of knowledge, know how to read, pen, paper, pad, law library, and you could do this on your own. You do not need a paid attorney to fight for you because let's just be honest, most of the time, they're not really fighting for you. They're all on the same page, same agenda as the person that's trying to actually prosecute you and put you away. So I definitely always, always encourage for you to be very proactive in your own situation and try to do as much as you can to learn and become knowledgeable of how to make these things happen for yourself. And in doing all that, you also obtain enough knowledge to be able to help someone else that will possibly be in your shoes. So I'm definitely proud of that um he's been buying up music like crazy um damn they charge more than apple but he's been buying up music like crazy um his thoughts about the kids and the shooting you know he was very verbal about that how that made him feel of course you know as i said before he has three daughters of his own so any parent would feel um what these parents were feeling when all this stuff was taking place. Um, And he was definitely disturbed by it um, and wanted to just basically send his love and prayers out there into the universe for those children, the parents, and everyone who was affected by it. Um, Working out, working in the kitchen, staying positive, staying proactive. As I always tell you guys, thank you guys so much for keeping him in your prayers, keeping him uplifted um and also keeping me in your prayers as well throughout this entire journey. You know, I started this journey, I wanted to tell a story. I wanted to put positivity into the thoughts and the hearts of people who are dealing with um incarcerated relationships and how to maintain them and make them healthy and happy. Of course, you know, I give it to you real. I give it to you uncut. I give it to you raw. I tell you the up and downs, the good, bad and the ugly. And as of last week, like I told you, we have been experienced and ugly. But I will say this, no matter how ugly the situation gets, first and foremost, my husband will always, always be my friend. I will always take the necessary steps to make sure that I protect our friendship more than anything because the friendship is what got us to where we are today. Um, It's not easy, as I've always said. It's not going to ever be easy. Um, and I am the type of person where I just go with how God moves me. However God moves me, however the chips may fall, that's how they may fall. But I am a person of responsibility and I always, always, always want to make sure that I continue to be that person of being responsible of, you know, people's feelings and how they feel, their heart, their thoughts and everything of that nature. So as I said last week, we had an ugly, um the uh, the ugly is is getting a little bit better you know we have been really focusing on just really being okay and talking um you know going back to our friendship and 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 just focusing on on that um because that's what's most important like that's most important than anything you know There are going to be times where we do not get along, where we do not like each other. And I never want to get to that place with him or with anybody. So um, he's definitely doing amazing. He's doing wonderful. He's doing great. Um, He's being who he is. And um, again, I encourage all of the positivity, all of the things he's being proactive doing and that is that that is the update on him that is the update on this journey and again thank you guys so much for continuously keeping him in your prayers continuously keeping him uplifted as i do all of you out there all of your loved ones out there all of your spouses that are incarcerated even the ones who have recently come home prayers are definitely needed so again thank you guys so much for tuning in of course you know this is episode six of season two coming this august 13th a true crime podcast called milk and cereal with myself and my best friend we'll be talking about america's most infamous serial killers so join us each and every saturday morning for breakfast and murder the 1970s weren't just a time of endless partying at the local disco there was also a much darker side to the era as multiple notorious killers collectively targeted hundreds of victims. When we talk about the golden age of serial killers, it all started in the early to mid seventies with this group of five, like Gacy and 33 bodies under his house. Bundy traveling across the country, Raider terrorizing over decades and taunting law enforcement in the media. Jeffrey Dahmer, even today, we find his crimes to be on the extreme end of human behavior. Gary Ridgeway, the Green River killer, confessed to 71 murders over the course of several decades. Five of the most prolific serial killers in American history were all operating at the same time. It was easy. For us in hindsight to say well why didn't that person get caught or why why weren't people looking for them i think we have to keep in mind historically the era in the 70s in the united states was an innocent sort of place you find this sort of trusting environment it was normal for people to just hang out with strangers and to hop in strange cars The murder of people in series has police departments across this country worried. Law enforcement didn't have a definition for serial killers. Those police officers back in the 70s just simply did not have the tools that law enforcement officers have now. Being able to quickly run a name in a database, that's something that didn't exist. There were no computers. No internet. No cell phones. No DNA. There were no surveillance cameras. Record keeping was in the back of everybody's drawer. We didn't yet have the 911 system. And these killers took full advantage of that. John Wayne Bill Bundy B.T.K. Jeffrey Dahmer. Green River Killer both wetlock chronicles podcast and milk and cereal true crime podcast are a part of 1329 media and production company rt brand llc and extra entertainment wetlock chronicles podcast will still be dropping each and every friday and sunday with season three beginning september 4th Today, on a serious note, I wanted to go down the timeline of the actual actual deadliest school shootings in recent history. Um, if you guys can remember, the one that sticks out the most to me actually happened in 1999 at Columbine High School. Um, I think the reason why it stuck out to me the most is because I had just graduated in 1996, fresh out of high school. I cannot even remember if I had ever heard of mass shootings in school. Um, up until that point. But the fact that I had just graduated from high school, the fact that, um, I mean, I was just a student. I was just literally three years prior to that a high school student myself. So this one definitely stuck out to me. And I just remember watching it unfold. I remember them making like a Lifetime movie about it. Um, This was definitely definitely um devastating um so april 20 of 1999 two students murdered 12 of their peers and one of their teachers at columbine high school in littleton colorado they injured 21 additional people and three more were injured while attempting to escape the school after exchanging gunfire with responding police the pair of killers committed suicide Then we have March 21st, 2005. A 16-year-old shot and killed seven people at Red Lake Senior High School in Red Lake, Minnesota, and wounded five others. The dead included an unarmed security guard at the entrance of the school, then a teacher with five students. The government committed suicide. October 2nd, 2006 a gunman took hostages and shot 8 out of 10 girls aged 6 to 13 killing 5 before committing suicide in a Nickel Mine Pennsylvania schoolhouse. The West Nickel Mine school was torn down and a new one, a new new one room schoolhouse, the New Hope schoolhouse was built at the at another location. April 16, 2007, a senior at Virginia Tech blacksburg virginia opened fire in a residence hall and classroom on campus killing 32 people and injuring dozens before committing suicide i actually remember this one unfolding too um actually on the news I remember live footage uh, on the news on this one in 2007 April 2nd 2012. Seven people were killed and 3 were wounded when a 43 year old former student opened fire at a Ocus University in Oklahoma California 1 GOH was I guess that's his name 1 GA was charged with 7 counts of murder and 3 counts of attempted murder But there was a psychiatric evaluation concluded that he suffered from long-time paranoid schizophrenia and um, was unfit to actually stand trial. December December 14, 2012, in Newton, Connecticut, an unarmed 20-year-old man entered Sandy Hook Elementary School and used a semi-automatic rifle to kill 26 people, including 21st grade and six adult staff members. He then killed himself. This was the turning point for me. This mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School was one of the most devastating um, experiences for me. Um, The fact that they were children, the fact of the actual gun that was used... All of these details really did something to me. And I just can remember saying to myself, I never wanted to bring kids into this world. To have to sit around and worry about on a regular basis, every day you put your child um, in a school setting, are you putting your child's life on a line? Like, to have to think about that every day, to have to worry about if your child is going to come home every day after school, this shooting set that tone for me where I personally just felt like I did not want to be a parent and have to even fathom something like this happening. Um, So, yes, Sandy Hook was the turning point for me. Then we have May 23rd, 2014. A community college student killed six people and wounded 13 in shooting and stabbing attacks in an area near the University of California, Santa Barbara campus. Authorities said he apparently shot himself to death after a gun battle with deputies. Then we have October 1st, 2015. A shooting at Umquan Community College in Roseburg, Oregon, left 10 people dead and seven wounded. Shooter Christopher Hart Mercy, 26, exchanged gunfire with police, then killed himself. November 14, 2017, a gunman rammed a truck into a gate at a Rancho Elementary School in Reserve, California, before firing at classrooms. Five people were killed, 18 were injured. February 14, 2018, a former student at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, opened fire on students and staff after activating the fire alarm. 17 people were killed and 17 people were injured. May 18, 2018, students at Santa Fe High School in Texas began evacuating. Began to Evacuate after fire Alarms were activated at a school Around 7.45 a.m After students heard gunfire 10 people were killed 14 people Were injured And that was the recent that was The that that was the Last recorded Um mass shooting According to abc news Uh channel 13 This is where i got this um information from but we know the first one the deadliest one was started in 1999 with Columbine and then we just had this one that just happened and this this one right here um it was extremely heartbreaking once the details start developing it just got worse and worse I don't know if you guys really paid attention I'm sure you guys really did but as the hours progressed as time went on, as the days went on, the details surrounding this entire situation was just insane. To know that parents were outside hearing their children getting murdered, hearing their children's cries, not being able to do anything, having the police basically barricade them, take them through all of these changes while these parents are trying to get in here and save their kids just made this situation this story even worse um 90 minutes 90 minutes before something even happened 40 minutes before um the police even tried to start to do anything um i don't know if you guys saw the videos but you can see parents screaming hollering going through it you can hear all the chaos in the background you can see police officers um you know apprehending parents throwing parents on the ground just taking them through all these changes all while this gunman is inside this school shooting slaughtering these babies and as i told you before i had a hard couple of days behind this i continuously kept having nightmares um the anger and the heartbreak took over me while I went back into that same frame of mind as I did at Sandy Hook with the Sandy Hook situation. You know, talking about I didn't want to have any children. I mean, this world is evil. They're killing our future. Um, And again, as I said before in my last episode, this is something that we as Black people know nothing about. You do not hear of... Black kids who were bullied going into schools and churches and movie theaters, killing people. I mean, let's keep it 100. Our first interaction with schools being um, segregated and, and Black people finally being able to go to schools with white people in it, we were bullied all the time. Bullied all the time. Um even outside the school system, the, we are the most oppressed race. We're the ones that have gone through so much stuff, hate just because of the color of our skin. Um, We've been through some things, but I can say this with everything in me. There has never been a time where a black child who has been bullied, who has gone through some things, has decided to wake up in the morning and go out here and murder innocent babies in an elementary school, in a high school, um, in a grocery store, in a movie theater. And the end result is nine times out of ten always suicide or, or they're walked out without a scratch on them, hair out of place, handled with care. Um, as I said before, when black people are steady getting murdered and beat down for a traffic stop, for cigarettes, for walking to the store. Um, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Um, I'm not really big when it, when it comes to political stuff, I don't like to get into those type of conversations. I feel like when you start talking about religion and politics, um, Even relationships, it starts a debate. I'm not big on debating because I feel how I feel, I think how I think, and it's not up for discussion. Nothing can change my mind. I am open to other people's opinions and other people's thoughts. You know that is 100% welcome with any kind of conversation with me. But some things, I just don't. I just don't sway. I don't sway. I stay where I am. So a lot of times, I don't like to get off into those type of conversations and debate with people um so when it comes down to these gun laws and 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 the political side of it you know I'm not really versed in having those type of conversations I do believe in protecting yourself I do believe in you know your first amendment right I believe in having the right to be able to carry but I do not believe in all the stuff that's taking place. I do not believe that just anybody can go walk and get a gun. I don't think that that's right. I don't I don't mean if you have to go through all of this stuff to get driver's license and credit cards and apartments and cars and how is it so easy that you can just go walk into a store and get a gun without having any kind of background check especially, I mean, if you're a sick individual, you have problems I just feel like these are the things that can be avoided Um, because these people should not be able to put their hands on any type of gun and we're talking about semi-automatic rifles, okay let me just say this I go to the gun range. I shoot. The bullets, the bullets that go into these guns that these people are using, it breaks my heart when I think about it. These bullets are ripping these kids completely apart. So not only do I sit here and think about all the things that are happening within that process or that situation, I'm literally visualizing the impact on what these actual guns and bullets are doing to these babies and for me I'm a thinker I analyze I'm going to break down the whole entire situation and that's why it just takes me to this mental place this emotional place this is absolutely ridiculous something has got to change children should be safe to go to school and learn because this is our future these are our future presidents our future lawyers our future doctors like what the fuck so, that's all I have today on a serious note. I just wanted to go down the timeline of um, the deadliest school shootings. I am not trying to, you know, put, shed a light on it for, you know, anything other than to just make it aware like this, it keeps happening. And it's continuously going to keep happening until something happens. Like, these kids should not have to pay the price with their lives. Absolutely not. So again, guys, thank you so much for joining me on a serious note. And we got to do better. We got to do better. We got to do better with these laws. We got to do better with these um, background checks and, 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 you know, figuring out who these people are and just different things like that. Like I said, I do agree that you have the right to defend yourself, your family, your home and everything. But this ain't it. This is not it. So again, thank you guys so much for joining me and got to do better. So now we're going to jump into my thoughts. My thoughts are definitely with the children that lost their lives in the last school shooting. My thoughts are with the 10 people who were killed in Buffalo, New York. Um, as I said before, I've been having nightmares, um, about this situation right after it happened for the past few nights after that I continuously had nightmares about these kids even to the point where the night um, that night After I had a dream of seeing the actual face of of my daughter, um, of what my daughter would actually look like. I was outside my home in a row, buckling up her seatbelt in her car seat. And I remember her having long ponytails with um, ribbons in her hair, a dress, ruffled socks, and some K-Swiss. I love K-Swiss. And um, I was actually pregnant with a second child. And my husband... um, My child, my kid's father, the father of both of the babies, which is my husband, um, he just drove off. He drove off, um, taking my daughter to school. And just like that, I woke up sweating. My fears as a parent crept into my dreams. Like, I could not shake the thought about these babies. Um, I feel like the strongest people on this planet are parents. Um, They're parents. Just think about it. For nine months as a mom, you're on the edge of who this little person will be. Your life is continuously changing on a um, on a daily basis. Um, you're bringing life into this world. You know you, you, you're having to trust your doctors to navigate you through these nine months, to deliver your child, um, to walk your child out that hospital room, uh, bring your child back safely. Sleepless nights of making sure that they are safe and a sound asleep, the anticipate the anticipation of them waking up, trusting people, meeting your child, watching your child, and then having the faith, um that it takes to, to, to be away from, to let your child be away from home to the grandparents, to the aunties, to the uncles. And then that first day of school comes as a parent, the hardest day. I've watched it, I've seen it, I've heard my friends tell these stories. The hardest day, um, which is basically just simply emotional, um, you're having to let go and let them start their independence. Now it's a fear of not knowing if it will be the last time you see them. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I feel like parents are so strong. They are so strong. You know, all that stuff started to play in my mind just as a parent, the things you go through for those nine months. And then when they come into this world, having to protect them from different people, having to make sure that wherever they go, they're safe, that the people that are around them have their best interest, their heart, that they're protecting them. Then to turn around and here comes that first day of school and having to basically release your child into the care of someone else and having to have faith that everything is going to work out. Nowhere in this did anybody ever imagine that not only are you emotional about just letting them begin their independence. This is where they start making friends. This is where life begins for them, but it can also end for them just like that by going to school. Um, And it's a lot. It's a lot. I feel like parents are superheroes. I really, really do. Moms and dads. I feel like parents are some strong-ass individuals. A strength that I promise you I have went back and forth ever since this started happening again. Because Sandy Hook was a nail in the coffin for me. Um, And then I started exploring the idea again. As you know, you know, me and my husband talk about having a son and having kids and, you know, I'm all on board. And then when this happened... I'm like, babe, no, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> it's too much. It's it's too much because I promise on everything. I love the 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 school, the city, the town, whatever will burn in flames when it comes to my child. So I just I don't know, I don't know. But I'm gonna say this to all the parents out there, to the moms and dads out there, to the ones that listen to my podcast. You guys are amazing. You are the epitome of strength. My heart and my hat goes off to you to be able to wake up every day knowing that you have these little people in your lives that you have to protect and you have to release them to the protection of someone else and for six to eight hours a day, having to have no control, not knowing what is going on while your child is at school, which should be a safe place. You guys are amazing to me. You're strong. And again, my heart and my prayers go out to these children that lost their lives the families oh my god the husband that had a heart attack right after going to visit his wife's grave one of the teachers at the school this was very traumatic this was extremely traumatic i mean we just had the buffalo shooting so i mean we just went from one extreme to the next emotions just completely all over the place and again as i said before um It's a lot of hate in this world, and I just don't see it changing. I hate to say that every time I think about it. I do not see this world changing. Hate has taken over to a point of no return. Like, I wish that we could just put the world in the washing machine and wash it and rinse it and start over again. Because I feel like it's so tainted. It's so messed up. These things have been going on for so long. History continuously keeps repeating itself to the point where it's just getting worse and worse. Like, where's the change? I don't see it. Small changes, small baby steps, yes, but we're so far. Like, we're years and years and years down the road from when the first baby steps were taken, and we're still taking baby steps. Those are my thoughts, guys. Those are my thoughts. Thank you again for tuning in. You guys know how much I appreciate you. I love you guys so much. I don't have to say it all the time, but I choose to. So thank you guys again for tuning in. This is Wet Lock Chronicles Podcast, and we got to do better. We got to do better. Quick up. Guys, before I let you go, please do not forget to follow the Wetlock Chronicles podcast Patreon page. Yes, you have to be a member, you have to become a Patreon. There is a fee for it. I'm not asking you to pay the fee, I'm just asking for you to check it out if you choose to. Of course, you know you are definitely appreciated. Also, please make sure to subscribe to the Apple Bonus channel. Although I have not put any bonus bonus episodes in there just yet. Um, as I told you, I've been super, super busy trying to focus and juggle so many different things right now, but it is also a paid subscription, 4 dollars a month, $55 a year. Um, and you will not regret it. You will not regret it once you become a subscriber, um... My media company, 1329 Media and Productions, has several projects that I've been working on, three different podcasts that are my own with other co-hosts, and then also another one that is not mine that I am super excited that I have been asked to executive produce and engineer on. So. I'm in motion, guys. The production company, the media uh, company is definitely in motion, hopefully in the near future. You know, I would love to have a multi-functional uh, studio for artists, um, podcasters, uh, people who do voiceovers and different things like that. So yes, 1329 Media is working. Also, Freedom Fest 2022 is July 2nd. Um, at Grant Park from 5 to 8 p.m. This is a festival that is given by Demita Bishop of the FAIR organization. This is for you guys to come out and advocate for your family, to van for your family, to tell your loved one's story, to tell your story, or if you are the voice of someone whose story needs to be heard. This is where you need to be. This is going to be a very, very important event, hopefully something that will be done every year. We have come up with a actual book for it. Um, a highlights book. So every year it's going to be better. It's going to have more information in it, more pictures, more highlights. Um, Of course, a index where you can reference to different lawyers, different organizations that are out there to help people that are incarcerated. I myself, of course, you know, I have a nonprofit which is is Fed Up Wives and it is for the wives and fiancés and girlfriends. I don't want to leave anybody out who, um, need help, you know, financially, emotionally, um, during this time when our loved ones are incarcerated. Um, merch, my merch will be available on a Patreon account starting June the 1st. Right now, t-shirts, ink pens, notepads, notebooks, hats, masks, um, for right now. I have so many other things, um, in process with the merch, so just bear with me, but the first couple of items will be available on june the 1st on the patreon account i will also have them on the website almost my website <laughs> website wetlockchroniclespodcast.com um i am struggling with this website guys so you have to bear with me but patreon is definitely the go-to um if you want to start purchasing merch um i also i'm going to put in my footnotes um there is a link for a GoFundMe for Eric. Eric's mom, Jessica Maloney, um, her son has been incarcerated. Her son has been incarcerated. I would like for you guys to go to the GoFundMe um, account so you can read his story. Um, She is asking for just something as small as a dollar to help her son. So that Link will also be in the footnotes right along with Matthew Baker Jr. Um, his petition is also there. So footnotes, guys, where you can find all the links, all the resources, everything I talk about will be in the footnotes. And, of course, you guys, Dating Anonymous. Dating Anonymous is a wonderful new podcast, a sexy podcast, very sensual about Dating. This is a podcast that I am the executive producer on, and I would love for you guys to take the time out and follow Dating Anonymous, which is available right now on Spotify next week. It will be available on iHeart, Amazon Music, and Apple. So please, please, please make sure you check out Dating Anonymous by Nani. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, This is episode six of season two. As I tell you guys before, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the love and support. I love you guys so much. I know I say it all the time and I'm not going to stop. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a wonderful and blessed Sunday. Can I make you a promise? No matter how you describe your perfect date, I will exceed all of your expectations. If you haven't already, please make yourself comfortable. Regardless of your competence or versatility today, you are an exquisite being and I am indebted to your company. I do not believe in coincidences. There are no accidents, only intentions by chance. Such intentions brought you to me. Consequently, I will expand the boundaries of your comfort zone and uncover what captivates your senses. Welcome to Dating Anonymous. You may call me Nani. Thank you guys for joining me on yet another part of my journey. To follow this podcast, you can find it on Facebook and Instagram under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, Twitter Wetlock Podcast, and be sure to subscribe to the show's YouTube channel by clicking the link in the show's description. To get updates on season two, live episodes, discussion forums, and much more, visit wetlockchronicles.com. You can also get the link to sign the petition for Matthew Baker Jr. within the show's description. Thank you guys again for joining me. Please stay blessed, stay safe, and welcome to Wedlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. For episode updates, upcoming live episodes, discussion forms, and contact information, please visit the website, wetlockchronicles.com. <laughs>